So we're in a series called Greatest Hits, and uh, last week we looked at Jonah and the whale, or the great fish, rather, and we learned a few things, and, and one of those things we learned is it's never smart to run away from God. Can I get an amen? amen. I mean, you'll get yourself in a whale of trouble. <laughs> you see what I did there? I, whale, you get that? But we also saw God's great love for lost people. He loves the lost. Look at your neighbor and tell them God loves the lost. God loves wicked people. He, he wants to redeem them. He's all about the lost one. And he'll go to any length to save them. And he has. But the thing about us is our, our natural drift is always to make everything about us. Isn't it? I mean, left to ourselves, we just kind of say, hey, it's about me and, and my comfort. And, and it's very dangerous when church or the kingdom of God or God himself, when it all becomes about us and me and you. Your comfort, your preferences, your feelings, your needs, your experience. And, and God almost becomes like a genie in a bottle. And when he doesn't or the church doesn't or things don't go the way I think they should and he doesn't do what I think he should do and the church isn't, taking care of my needs, then all of a sudden we get out of whack and we find ourselves in a mess. And the story goes like this. I've been hurt by church and I've been hurt by God and God let me down and I don't trust him anymore and I, my faith is... And we find ourselves... Instead of trusting God and being all about what he is all about, we start looking inward. What about me? Got to find another church to meet my needs. It's very dangerous when, when it all becomes about me. And we find Jesus as our example. Anybody know that? Jesus is our example. Did you know that? Did you guys know that? Jesus is our example. Anybody not know that? Because let me show you what it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus said this about himself. For even the Son of Man did not come to... What? For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to get. He didn't come to be pampered and, and taken care of. He came to give himself. Jesus is our example. And God is all about the lost. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him doesn't have to perish but can have everlasting eternal life. That's the God we serve. That's why we're all about people knowing God, finding freedom, discovering their purpose so they can make a difference. Because it's not until you begin to find your purpose, you've found freedom, you've found God, God has changed your life, He sets you free, and then you discover, why am I here? And then as you serve, you find out, that's why I'm here. I'm here to be a part of the kingdom of God. Another thing we learned was every one of us has a message to share. You know, I, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but, but now I see. I was a mess, but, but somehow God has changed me. I, I used to have no hope, but now I've got hope everlasting. I didn't have much of a future before, but now I've got a future. God has done amazing things in my life. We find ourselves being changed and, and using our story to help someone else be transformed by the love and power of Jesus Christ. I used to be a wreck, but God transformed my life. I don't have all the answers. I don't have to have all the answers. All I got to do is tell my story. All I got to do is tell what God has done for me to be a witness. Tell how you were messed up. Tell about the hope you have. Tell about the peace God has given you. Tell about the answers to prayer that you've seen. Tell somebody what God has done in your life. Tell the difference that God has made in your life since you decided to follow him. I was listening to John Maxwell this week, and, and uh, God has placed him in, in leadership position in, in secular places. And, and one of his favorite things to do is, is to put out some bait, make people thirsty, and, and get them to ask questions. And uh, he said, one of, one of my favorite lines is, I wish, I wish. And he said people will line up and tell him their problems, and he'll look at them and say, that's a huge problem, and I wish you had the hope that I have. I wish you had the peace that I have. I wish you had the answers that, that God has given me. And, and sometimes it's just so simple to, to place the love of God in people's laps. Other times people are resistant, and you know that. But God wants to use you. You have a story to tell. In fact, it says in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Just tell your story. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, tell your story. Tell your story. Come on, open your mouth. Tell your story. And you never know what will make the greatest impact on someone, right? 
George Mueller said, I, I look at a stonecutter hammering away at a rock a hundred times without so much as a crack showing in it. Yet the hundred and first blow splits it in two. And it wasn't the one blow that did it, but all those blows that had gone on before. And he says, so it is with persevering prayer. And I'll tell you, you never give up. You never know which prayer is going to break through. You never know the next blow, the next prayer, the next circumstance, the next invite, the next kind gesture you make that will crack the hardest of hearts. Share your story. Let God use you as his instrument to bring good news to someone. And sometimes if someone just knows that you've struggled with the same thing they're struggling with, it makes all the difference in the world. They'll listen to you. It's the line, what? You too? No. You too? And once somebody knows you've been through some stuff and God has brought you through to where you are today, it makes all the difference in the world. Their life opens up. Their heart opens up. Just share the difference the Lord has made in your life. Share the hope, the peace, the forgiveness, the future that you have. Hallelujah. It's not all about you. Amen. It's not all about you, but sometimes it is about you. Right? I mean, sometimes it's, it's not about you. Most of the time it's about the loss, but sometimes it is about you and where you're at in your circumstances. Today I want to look at Another one of the greatest hits of the Bible, in my opinion. I love the story of Jonah and the whale, but, but I also love the, the crossing of the Red Sea, and the parting of the waters, and I want to look at that today. What a story. What a miracle moment. Some of you may recall Charlton Heston as Moses in the Ten Commandments. Anybody ever see that? Are you, you too old for that? Are you too young? I mean, sorry, are you too young for that? I was never allowed to watch that because it was always shown on Sunday night. We didn't actually have a TV in our house. So, and I always went to church on Sunday night. Uh, so I missed it. I heard about it. But I guess it was pretty good. You know that today, in fact, back in the, in the late 70s, they, evidence has been found of possible chariot wheels and and chariot bodies encrusted in coral, human and horse remains in the bottom of the Red Sea. It's interesting. And uh, maybe you know the story. Maybe you've heard the whole deal. And, and, and you know, Moses and Aaron, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, no. I want to take you back. Exodus chapter 7 today, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, pay close attention to this. I will make you seem like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. And a prophet, all they do is they speak for God, right? And so Aaron was going to speak for Moses. Moses was representing God. And tell Aaron everything I command you, and Aaron must command Pharaoh to let the people of Israel leave his country. But I will make Pharaoh's heart stubborn so I can multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. And even then, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you. I mean, right up front, you already know, here's how it's going down. 
So I will bring down my fist on Egypt. Then I will rescue my forces, my people, the Israelites, from the land of Egypt with great acts of judgment. And when I raise my powerful hand and bring out the Israelites, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded them. Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron was 83 when they made their demands to Pharaoh. Don't tell me I'm too old to do something. No, you're not. Come on now. Unless you're older than that, and it still doesn't matter, because Abraham was like in his 90s when God tapped him on the shoulder. So then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will demand, show me a miracle. When he does this, say to Aaron, take your staff, throw it down in front of Pharaoh. It will become a serpent. So Aaron and Moses and Aaron went, went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. So turn to your neighbor and say, just do it. Have a Nike moment. Just do what God's asked you to do. So they did what God commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh, his officials. They became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and sorcerers. These Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. Oh, we can do the same thing. But then Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Pharaoh's heart, however, remained hard. He still refused to listen, just as the Lord had predicted. And you know the story, maybe you don't. Ten plagues, and, and every time they went, they said, let my people go. Pharaoh was like, no, can't do it. So Moses said, okay, God's going to do this. He's going to turn the water into blood, and he did. Going to bring frogs across the land. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole story, right? right? Frogs, seriously. And then Moses goes and says, you tell me when you want the frogs to go away. And he says, tomorrow. <laughs> one more night with the frogs. Are you serious? How that's how stupid you become when you become a sinner. I'm sorry. When you live in sin, you become stupid. Sorry. Just the way it is. Gnats everywhere, flies, livestock plague, the festering boils, the devastating hail, the locusts, the thick darkness that could be felt, and then the death of Egypt's firstborn. And this is when God stepped in and said, the angel of death's coming through, but, but I'm going to provide protection for you. I'm going to cover you, and all you got to do is take a Passover lamb, sacrifice it, put the blood over your house, over your doorposts. When the angel of death comes by, he will see the blood and pass over you. And it's the blood of the lamb that gives you entrance into the kingdom of God, the blood of the lamb that keeps you from the angel of death taking you out. It's the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, the perfect sacrifice. And he gave his blood for us. There was an old song I, I sang growing up in, in church. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, 
When I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. This little kid, I'm sitting there going, ooh, blood, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't understand things, but, but now I get it. And it was the blood, with, without the sacrifice of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And this was a, a precursor to what was to come. Then jump to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh finally let the people go. Went through all the plagues, and, and it, it became a disaster in Egypt. Because when you disobey God and harden your heart, your life becomes a disaster. And some of you are living that right now. Some of you watching online, you're living that right now. You're saying, what, what in the world's going on in my life? God's trying to get your attention. God's trying to wake you up. God's trying to draw you to himself. And Pharaoh finally let the people go. God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Can I tell you that sometimes God will lead you towards something that he knows you're going to need a miracle from him to get you through And we don't like that very much. And yet God always has a plan. God's always working details out. He's always got a bigger plan than what we can see. And sometimes he will lead us towards something that he knows you've got to have him in order to get through this. He also knows your weakness. Now, sometimes you just want to give up and go back to Egypt. And so he led them not along the main road. Didn't take the shortest route to the promised land. He led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Verse 19 says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. Joseph said before he died, God will certainly come to help you. And when he does, you've got to take my bones out of here because I don't want to be settled here. This isn't my home. God will certainly come to help you. And when he does, you take care of me. And the Israelites left Succoth, camped at Etham in the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud. He provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from his place in front of the people. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pi-ha-harath, between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal-zephon. Then Pharaoh will think, 
The Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory. I've planned this. Some of you are in the middle of God's plan and you're wondering what's going on. God's got a plan. I planned this so that I can display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole, whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all these Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariots, called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with his commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fists raised in defiance. And the Egyptians chased after him with all the forces of Pharaoh's army and all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Piharoth across from Belzephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up in panic when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, Why? Why did you bring us out of here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Why didn't you sing my song? Why didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Ever since I got saved. And we start doing the same thing. Ever since I got saved. My life has been so hard. And here I'm going to die in the wilderness. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Because behind every whine and cry, there's always fear. I'm losing something. I, I'm afraid that it's not going to be the same. It used, I, I, just, I, I used to have, and now I, and I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. Just stand still. Watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff. Raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Okay, I didn't think about that. <laughs> right? And we don't. We don't think about the miraculous hand of God and what he can do in and through us. We just panic. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The clouds settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. 
but the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. And do we have that video of the, uh, th this happened in 2016, back in December, when ISIS and was trying to attack is the Israelite army. Uh, do we have that? Cell phone video. Soldiers are all there just taking cell phone video, right? I kind of wish I kind of wish we had uh, cell phone video of, of back in the Bible days. I'd love to see that, right? Thank you, guys. It probably wasn't exactly like that, but when God wants to bring a cloud. And protect you and hide you. He has the ability to do what nobody else can do. It ain't nobody moving when God settles down in. And, and Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. There's always a path, God always knows where there's a path for you to make it through what you need to make it through. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land, and so the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, charioteers, chased in the middle of the sea. Just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. The waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. And the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers. The entire army of Pharaoh, all of the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground, and as the water stood up like a wall on both sides, and that's how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. And they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. What a moment. I want to see that, that videotape when I get to heaven. And here's what God wants me to share with you this morning out of that story. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, 
Do not fear. Fear not. Stand. That's why I say stand. Stand. Stand still. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Stand. Another translation says, take your stand and see the salvation of our God, which he will accomplish for you. The Lord will fight for you. All you've got to do is take your stand. Don't be afraid. Let God fight. And you shut your mouth. We don't like to do that. He says, be silent. I'm working. I'm doing something that can't be done by anybody else. And I say to you today, if the Lord can, and if he did part the waters of the Red Sea, if he did move a cloud from in front of his children to behind them to protect them, until the mud had dried up so they could walk on dry ground. If he did that, if the Lord threw their enemies into confusion and took them out to never harm them again, he can do the same thing for you. If he did it then, he can do it today. If the Lord has led you towards something, that you're going to need him to move you through that something, he can still do that today. He still has the same power. There's nothing that has gone wrong with him. He's not gotten any weaker. He is still God Almighty. He still sits on the throne. He still rules and reigns supreme. He is God all by himself. There's none like him. If he did it then, he can do it today. Stand with me. Psalmist David said in Psalm 56, Oh God, have mercy on me. For people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. I'm constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? They're always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting to harm me. They come together to spy on me, watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, O oh God, bring them down. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. This I know. God is on my side. 
Somebody needs to get that deep down in your knower today. You need to get it deep down inside of you that nothing can shake this. This I know that God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I will fulfill my vows to you, O God. I will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. You've rescued me from death. You kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. Hallelujah. God's calling us to rise up, to take our stand, and see the salvation of our God, which he will accomplish for us. I don't know what miracle you need from the Lord today, but I do know this. He is still a miracle-working God. And I know this. God is on my side. So fear not. Stand. Take your stand. See the salvation of our God. He will accomplish it. He will fight for you while you keep silent. If you need a miracle from the Lord today, I want you to step out from where you are and come to this altar and take your stand. Come on. Not putting any limits on God. It may not be the Red Sea. Even if it's as big as the Red Sea. This I know. God is on my side. This I know. God is able. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. According to the power that is already working in us. Changing us, transforming us into his image. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. None like you, Lord. No, there's none like you, Lord, in all the earth. Lord, for some of us, we're standing right at the edge of the Red Sea. We don't see any way through. There's no possible way ahead of us. And the enemy is breathing down our neck behind us. Convinced. He's going to take us out. But Lord, we don't look to the enemy today. We look to you. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We fix our eyes on the one who has done exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the, the, the Passover lamb, the one who has purchased our salvation the one who has set us free from sin. Lord, that's the biggest deal. If you can do that, you can do anything else. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Lord, we will not fear. We're going to look fear in the face. Covered in faith. And we're going to look at fear and say, our God is able, and he will. Our God is able, and he will. And even if he doesn't do what we think he should do, we still trust him. We're still going to serve him. We're still going to give him everything that we are. So we stand in faith today. We take our stand. We take our stand. Mm. Take our stand. We're going to watch you fight, Lord. We're going to do what we can do. We're going to obey you. We're going to follow your teaching. We're going to follow your leading. But Lord, there's only so much we can do. And now we come to you saying, let us see the salvation of our God, which he will accomplish for us today. Lord, I thank you that you're fighting for us. I thank you, Lord, that you're fighting for us. I thank you, Lord, that this we know, you are for us, not against us. You're a good God. You're a great God. You're an able God, more than able. Your hand is not short. Your ear is not deaf. You're working in our behalf. You're working all things together for our good. And so today, Lord, we stand needing a miracle, needing your hand to intervene, needing you to push the waters back, to blow on the, on the wet ground so it becomes dry ground, so we can walk on through. And Lord, if you did it then, you can do it today. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So today we take our stand. We take our stand. And we're going to see your salvation. Lord, I thank you that you're fighting for me. I thank you that you are fighting for me. And all you've asked me to do is be silent. And so in silence, I stand in faith. I stand in faith today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome, God. I want you to lift your hands in faith today. Like the Israelites walked out in defiance of the Egyptians. Raise your fist in faith today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Thank you for triumph. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for freeing us. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Thank you for chains that are being broken right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for miracles that are taking place. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for restoration. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you.